coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. And thanks for listening. Today you're listening to one of 15 episodes that I recorded with my wife, Rhea Story. So you'll be hearing both of us speak together. And we're speaking to you about a, a book that we actually wrote together called Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And it's based on uh, a lot of principles that, that we learned along the way. And we'll share some personal stories, some things that are not in the book. But as you listen to this, if you enjoy listening to Rhea, and I'm pretty sure you will, make sure you check out her podcast, which you can find on your favorite app by searching for her name, Rhea, R-I-A, Story, S-T-O-R-Y. And uh, also, she's, she's all over LinkedIn. She puts out a lot of content. She's got a lot of books on leadership development and personal growth. So be sure to check out Rhea. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode on Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. This episode is number 10 in a series that we're doing on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And today we are talking about leveraging change. Um, Matt, what comes to mind when I say leveraging change? What really jumps into your mind when I say that? Just people taking advantage of change and actually you know it, but the folks listening don't know it, but I just finished up a, uh, I participated in a, a book study with a company, Kilgore Construction out in headquartered in Houston, Texas. And the VP of the electrical construction division is actually leading uh, leadership development on Saturday morning. He volunteers, Jason Denham volunteers to, to host that, facilitate it the first Saturday of each month. And he invites anybody. This was the first time he invited anybody in the entire company to participate. So he had uh, more than doubled or tripled his his number of attendees. But the reason I'm telling you that story is what I saw is those people in the room, along with Jason leading it, they he volunteered to teach it. They volunteered to learn. And it's changed. They're, they're trying to transform the culture. They already have a great, great culture, but they're trying to make it better like we talk about. You don't have to be sick to get better. They're trying to get better. Nothing wrong with them. They're trying to get better. So everyone, everyone in the room is trying to leverage the change by participating and it's just awesome to see them doing it because there's a lot of people just missing out because this is something new they're doing. No one's led leadership development at the level that Jason is, is leading it at the company. I mean, there's going to be today. I think there was 40 people. Eventually there's going to be a hundred people. There's going to be 200 people. It's going to become a big, big thing for them. But those in the room are leveraging the change. They're going to get the influence first because they're saying, Hey, this is something new. I want to participate in it. Other people were notified about it. And for whatever reason, you know, a lot of people maybe didn't participate. But those in the room, I talked to them at the very end and talked about they're the tip of the spear. They're leveraging change. They're stepping up, saying, I want to be a part of this leadership development initiative that's climbing to a higher level. So that's what people have to do. It doesn't matter what kind of change it is. It could be changing the workplace. But when change happens, we talked about it before. Some people shine, some people whine, and some people get left behind. Mm. 
you know, and we've talked on this or touched on this before, but when change happens, a lot of times it can bring stress, right? There's, there's no doubt about that. When things are changing, whether it's personally or professionally, we absolutely can find that that brings a certain amount of stress. And I think it's especially important when you find yourself stressed out over a change, it's really important to spend some time reflecting on how to leverage it. And leverage, the, the verb, is defined as using a quality or an advantage to obtain a desired result. And so as we're talking about when change happens, we want to leverage that. We want to use that occurrence to achieve a better state, right? We want to come out of it better. We want to use it to our advantage. And that's hard to do because, again, when that change is happening and you're stressed out, and, and again, some stress might be good, right? Some stress can drive us to, to do better and perform better. But a lot of stress ends up, you know, just getting us stressed out or burned out. So it's kind of that balance of when change happens, learn to leverage it, learn to leverage the opportunities that creates the disruption. I think that's what it comes down to is when change happens, it creates that disruption. And how we come out the other end of that disruption is really going to be up to us. Yeah, like you said, leveraging changes. It's really all about taking adva advantage of the opportunity that change brings. I mean, again, a lot of people resist change. They're looking for the negative in the change, but high impact people are looking, looking to leverage the opportunity and they may not even see the opportunity. No one may see the opportunity, but the person who's attempting to leverage the change is going to always be looking for the opportunity. And when they find it, especially when they're the first one to find it, they're going to, they're going to have some tremendous gains uh, relative to their influence, especially if it's, you know, if they're not the top leader trying to leverage the change, if they have leaders above them who are trying to implement change, someone on the very front line entry level could be the one who get, gains the most, who learns to leverage change. You can learn it to leverage change at any level from top to bottom. Mm. Yeah. And when I think about that and, you know, again, this could apply personally or professionally, but what happens is that when we have a disruption in our routine, a lot of times those are uncomfortable because it forces us to think consciously about things as they're happening, right? And so it gets us out of our comfort zone and gets us out of our habit zone and it creates a lot of, a lot of disruption, and some of that can be good. Some of that can, might be bad, right? Because we don't necessarily like that disruption. But a lot of times it can be good because when we intentionally look at that and, you know, just when everything is being up, when there's an upheaval going on and everything is just being completely revamped, it's an opportunity to say, well, what would be the ideal state, right? What can we create out of this and come out of this better. This past year, I think, is a, a great example. I've heard so many stories of people who, you know, 2020 and the pandemic and all of that certainly brought incredible change and incredible stress and, and a, a huge amount of problems for, for majority of people. But I've heard so many stories of people who've come out of this saying, you know what, I really appreciate family time a little bit more or you know I've learned that we can sit down and have dinner as a family or I've learned to be more intentional with my exercise. I know one lady who used the the pandemic and the fact that she was working at home to start a new habit of of walking every morning and she just had like a, a spreadsheet of she's like oh, I start I sat down at the beginning of this pandemic and said I'm on a walk every morning and so she just 
used that disruption to create a new habit and a new routine. So she's leveraged it personally. And I think that's powerful. Um, there again, and we're talking an organizational change in, in a company, it does give us the ability to just exponentially increase our influence because change always brings opportunities. It brings the opportunity for us to take advantage of the momentum and accelerate progress. Yeah, I'll share a story. It was actually the uh, uh, Kilgore Construction covered, uh, they were covering two chapters from my book. One of the chapters they covered my book, 10 Values of High Impact Leaders, one of those chapters was uh, the value of responsibility. And in there, I, ha I had a, a, a story that I, I'm going to share a little bit of it today, right now. Not not as much as is in the book, obviously, but it's an example of when I actually leveraged changed. I was, uh, at the time, it was in the in the late 90s, and I was still working in manufacturing. And uh, we had we had transformed from batch and queue, which is build a pile and move a pile, basically, of product to lean manufacturing, which was you move one part at a time through the process from beginning to end so that it's complete when it comes out the end. And so we had set up, uh, instead of one person running one machine, one person now would operate three or four or five machines kind of in a circle and just load them continuously, kind of walk around the circle and and get the parts flowing and, and going. So the company had set up this one, set up a lot of sales, but this one particular sale had a senior a uh, person who was operating that sale on the first shift. I was actually a setup person on the night shift. I had learned to run about 70 different kinds of machines. I could basically operate everything in the plant, set it up, operate it when someone is out sick or that sort of thing. So I had a lot of knowledge about the equipment. And uh, so this person had worked in the company a long time. They took over that sale when it was set up on the first shift. And this person when, I, when they'd come in in the morning and I was leaving and I talked to them, all they did was moan, groan, and whine. This is never, never going to work. This is never going to work. That's all they said. And, and they provided the evidence to support their belief. <laughs> they, they was struggling to output any, any parts. I mean, it was like terrible productivity on all three shifts. And it, it started with the, the leader on the first shift. Finally, after a year of moaning and groaning with the supervisors and engineers, he decided to to bid off of that job and go to one of the big machines that was still one standalone machine back kind of the way it plant used to be as a whole. But so he, he got off of that job and I took advantage and, and leveraged the, the change that had happened the previous year when they set up that sale, I was still leveraging that change. That change was a year old, but no one had leveraged it yet. So I took advantage and I leveraged it. And what I did was I bid on the job. It was not a uh, promotion in a sense. It was a demotion. I went from setting up all the equipment on one shift to running one simple sale uh, on a different shift, but I was able to go to the day shift. So that was one advantage I got of leveraging that change was I got to go work on the day shift instead of the night shift. The other thing was I took responsibility. That's what the value of responsibility that, that the team would listen to this morning when I was uh, listening to them do the book study. I took responsibility and said, hey, held up my hand, said, I'll, I'll make it better. I'll make it productive. It's not a failing thing that you guys did. We're going to make it productive and I'm going to lead it. So I went in and I started studying every part that we ran. I, I created a spreadsheet. No one told me to do this. All they expected me to do is load and unload the machines, push the buttons and whatever happened, happened. But I took on far more responsibility. And that's, I literally leveraged the change by doing more than was, was required doing it better than was required, doing it sooner than it was required. And actually what I was doing was never required of me. 
it's typically required of the engineering and supervising group. So I, I created this spreadsheet. I started studying the every part. You know, it took me months to get all of the parts on all, all of the, you know, the different sizes. We ran a lot of different parts through there. So I had to calculate that up. Then I started figuring out which machine is the slow machine because it can't go any faster than the slowest machine in the operation. And then I started figuring out how can we improve it and, and make it faster. A lot of times it was moving some of the, the cutting that we were doing from one operation to a different operation that had more capacity. So reduce those cycle times down. Just to wrap it up real quick, what happened was in six months, I had double the output of that sale. I led the charge, engineering supervisors, all those people supported me then because I was leading it. And I was telling them what we needed to do, how we needed to do it and asking a lot of questions because I didn't know, but I learned to program. When I started, I didn't know how to program the machines, but because of all the programming changes that need to be made and me working with the programmers, I actually learned to be able to edit the programs myself. And so I didn't have to include them anymore. And I could just get a copy, edit it up, write it up and they can make it official. So we double the output. I, you know, led by me, I double the output, leverage that change, increase the output by hundred percent. And I got, I got some raises because of that, but every shift could operate it at hundred percent better productivity. But the real big win that I got out of leveraging that change was after about a year or so, a programming job came open in the plant and there was only two. And hardly ever did they open up. So this one opened up. Usually the person got it with whoever had the most experience in the plant operating those machines. So there were a lot of people who had more experience than me. But what I had was I had programming experience. Uh, pretty in-depth because I had learned to do it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expected to do it. So I, I applied for that job. I got that job. Again, I didn't ask for a raise. But I got a raise. I got a promotion. But the most important thing I got was the opportunity to repeat that cycle again, because now I started doing new things again, leveraging that change and leveraging other changes that happened in the plant. So I, without an engineering degree, I held all types of engineering jobs. And even the, the job that I had on the night shift, doing all the setups, learning to run all those 70 different pieces of equipment. We had just, that was the, I was the first person to have that job in the plant when they went to cellular manufacturing. That was, again, I held my hand up and said, I do it. I love to do it. So I leveraged that change and got that job, got that opportunity to learn all that equipment, to, to learn and meet, uh, not learn, but to meet a lot of people and build relationships with a lot of people who had to train me to run all that equipment. So I had a, tons and tons of influence by being the first to leverage the change in a positive way that was... A, a pretty transformational change within that company. Mm. So it's interesting as you're talking about that, what comes to mind as I'm hearing you say that story is that we can leverage change. Absolutely. You know, it's a decision that we make to be proactive and leverage change, but sometimes we don't always reap the benefits immediately, right? That was an example of you leverage that change. And, and what you said, it took you a year before you actually got the next opportunity from that. So I think that's important too, because I like to talk about um, from the, you know, the personal uh, growth standpoint of a lot of times when we want to improve our circumstances or improve ourselves or, you know, leverage change or, or whatever it is. And it really doesn't have to be personally, it could be professionally too. Say we want to, to improve our career or get a different job. A lot of times we have to be willing to put the work in on the front end. In fact, I think all of the time we have to be willing to put the work in on the front end 
before we get the opportunity because who is it i think it's john maxwell who says when opportunity knocks it's too late to prepare it might be john wooden i i'm not 100% sure about that. And that's a great reminder that we've got to be willing to put the work in and leverage change and take advantage of that. And we're not always going to see immediate benefit and immediate results. And we really have to be willing to continue down that path and continue down that progress. So um, in the book, we talk about six key questions um, that we can ask ourselves when we're experiencing change and we can learn to leverage it by looking for the opportunity. So I just wanted to share these, these six uh, questions kind of briefly. Um, number one, asking yourself, what does this change mean for me personally? And we've talked about that a lot. Number two, what areas is this social or, or physical or mental, what areas of my life does this change impact? And a lot of times it's more than one area, right? If we're going through, like you talked about um, Kilgore, going through a organizational change and improving the culture, that's also touching people mentally and emotionally. It's, you know, positively impacting their families and their home life because their work life is getting better. Um, number three, how does this affect my environment, right? How does this affect, what does this change affect right around me? Number four, what opportunities does this change bring? We've said that a, a few times, but it's just so powerful to remember to learn to look for those opportunities. Um, number five, how can I create more opportunities from this change? And there again, what else can I be looking for? What else can I be doing? Because a lot of people aren't Let's be honest, a lot of people aren't looking for that. A lot of people aren't leveraging change. And like you said, that's our opportunity to, to step out and to shine instead of whine. And then number six, how can I leverage this change to make a bigger improvement with this opportunity? And, um, you know, that story that you just shared really brings home how those questions can be so powerful in learning to look for that, just being conscious of that. Um, I wanted to share a quote by Dennis Waitley. He says, a sign of wisdom and maturity is when you come to terms with the realization that your decisions cause your rewards and consequences. You are responsible for your life and your ultimate success depends on the choices you make. Dennis Waitley, really good quote there that just reminds us change is going to happen, but it's what we do with it and the choices we make. Um, I wanted to see if you would talk about, you know, in your chapter, because, you know, um, for those of you who haven't read the book, Mac and I co-wrote this book, and so we have 15 chapters, and each chapter has two sections. One of one section is my perspective, and one section is Mac's perspective. And so, um, Mac, in your section on this chapter, you talk about the benefits of change, leveraging change in the workplace. So I wonder if you'd speak to those. Yeah, the seven benefits of leveraging change in the workplace, and and I, one that's one reason I told that story a moment ago because I didn't really think about it at the moment of going through them seven things. How did it relate to that story? But I'm probably pretty sure as we go through them right here, every one of them is going to relate to the story that I told them a moment ago. So I imagine so. the first benefit when you leverage change, like I talked about, I did, and there's lots of examples, but that was my example is the first one is you'll be noticed for taking initiative. The first, the first to help always gets the most recognition. And when I held my hand up and I took took charge of that sale and responsibility for operating that sale, and I got noticed. I got noticed because no one else was doing it. Everyone else was saying it wouldn't work, and everybody believed them. 
You want me to go through all seven Rio? Yeah, go back yeah, and just feel okay. free to teach on them as you go. All right. So level level uh, number two is you'll build strong relationships with the game changers. So when you embrace change, you are attracting others who embrace and initiate change. So that was the first thing that really happened was the people who had been struggling to make it work, but were the game changers. I attracted those people immediately because they said, oh, we got somebody new on the team, somebody who's mm -hmm. actually going to help us make it happen. And so I started building relationships with them. Like I said, I, I, got, I got the job in programming. The senior programmer, I told you there was two people. The one who left was not the senior programmer. The senior programmer had been there a long, long, long time. And that was the person that I built the relationship with the most because he was responsible for helping set up that sale. He wanted it to succeed and it hadn't been succeeding for a year. So I was able to really build a strong relationship. So when I bid on that job in programming, that guy knew who I was and what I was about. And he knew when I come in his office and there was two of us working in his office now and I was replacing the guy who had left, he knew that I was going to help him a lot. He knew I was going to take responsibility and I would without even being asked. So he, he saw who I was. The third, the third benefit is you will get to learn more about how the business operates. As you interact with more game changers, you'll build trust and be sure to ask questions to learn the thought process behind the change. So I learned a whole lot because I did that. I asked a lot of questions and they also provided a lot of insight that I was not even, I didn't even know to ask the question, but because they saw me as a proactive person leveraging change, they provided a lot of information and I was like a sponge. I just absorbed that information. The, the, uh, the fourth thing is fourth benefit is you'll have more input in implementing the change. I mean, literally I got to decide all the changes in that sale because I came up with the changes. They already, they gave it all they had for the last year, but it still was not all just my idea. I took information from all these other people. I still say it was a team effort, although I was leading it. They provided me information I didn't have, and I was able to implement it because I was on the ground. I was mm. the one all up in the middle of it. So when you get involved with making the change happen, you'll be asked your opinion. The, the fifth benefit, you'll have more input in future changes. So as you build relationships with leaders during change, they'll begin asking your thoughts about future changes. So when I got that programming job, that led to me being able to implement all kinds of improvements, improvements that I knew from operating when I was on the night shift, setting up all those 70 machines, operating and setting those up. I knew about a lot of changes that need to happen, but I wasn't in a position to make those changes. But as soon as I got the programming job, and I got a lot of other engineering responsibilities with that. I was able to implement those future changes. The sixth benefit, you'll become more valuable. So when leaders start to benefit from your support, your ideas for improving the processes and moving the organization forward, you become more valuable to them and the organization. I got promoted a, a, quite a few more times before I ever left that company. After I took responsibility for that sale and I took responsibility for being the setup person, I had to create that job. That job didn't exist. There had never been the, the setup person. So, you know, there's, there's several stories in that one story. The seventh thing, the seventh benefit is you'll be considered for promotions, which is what I just stated. Those who make an impact helping the leaders implement change will be giving more opportunities to make an impact. So really the way you leverage change in a nutshell is you take responsibility. 
And part of that that I was talking about with the Kilgore group on my, the value of responsibility was I told them, don't ask for a raise, ask for responsibility. And the reason that's a powerful principle is when you ask for responsibility, you get an opportunity to gain experience. And that's what you're getting paid for every day is the experience that you bring to work. That's, that's what makes a person valuable is their knowledge, skills, and abilities. So when you leverage change, you're going to be at the forefront of that change. You're going to be the person who can really excel because of the experience that you have. Yeah, I, I really like that because, you know, I've, t I've shared on this podcast in some of our previous episodes, I wasn't that intuitive when it came to leveraging change early in my career. Like I didn't like change. I didn't embrace change. I certainly wasn't leveraging it. And I can see um, opportunities that were missed, uh, that I missed, opportunities that I missed because I wasn't embracing it. I wasn't um, leveraging it. And I, there probably are opportunities for promotions that I missed out on and, and didn't even know it because a lot of times we don't know it when we miss an opportunity. Sometimes we do. Sometimes it's easy to see. We're like, man, I was not prepared for this opportunity and it came. But sometimes we get passed over for opportunities and we we don't even know it because we are just completely not prepared at all and we're not embracing and leveraging and standing out as as someone with more potential and more influence and more leadership potential right leadership potential is not just potential to be in a, a management position but leadership potential is someone who can take charge and take efforts and initiatives and and make things happen i think that's what it comes down to is being willing to be that person that makes something happen because in organization that builds trust if you can make things happen with great relationships that helps you just increase your influence um there's a really good quote here that we shared in this section of the book for amy cuddy so i wanted to share that that before we wrapped up this episode um she says if someone you're trying to influence doesn't trust you you're not going to get very far in fact you might even elicit suspicion because you come across as manipulative Right. And so a lot of times when we're talking about increasing our influence, it's very important that we remember to to build our authentic influence, not just our authority. Um, and that's a huge difference. Authority is having that position or that title, that rank. But that doesn't come with very much true, moral, authentic influence. And you and I talk about that a lot. Yeah, that's a good point you're making. That that quote from Amy Cuddy is, is spot on because. See, if I, don't, if I would have accepted that job knowing that I'm going to try to increase the productivity, I didn't know that that was going to be 100%, but that's what it was in the end. But if I would have went into that job and my whole mission was to get a raise, my conversations with all those people would have been different with the programmers and all that stuff would have been different. I would have been trying to manipulate them in some kind of way to get a raise, I, knowing that they could help me get a raise somehow. Everything would have been different. If I would have been trying to do what I was doing, to to get the programmer's job at some point in the future it would have been different because when i was if i would have been doing it that way i would have been expecting other people to do something for me you know get me a raise give mm -hmm. me that job mm -hmm. everything would have been different my 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 me trying to increase my influence i would have created distrust instead of building trust so but it wasn't about what somebody else could do i walked into that situation about and i was focused on what i could do wasn't about getting someone else to do something for me. It was about me doing something. 
So my intent was really to get everybody to help me to do something, not to give me something that I wanted. And no one knew, you know, a lot of my coworkers, I'm, I'm leveraging that change, but a lot of my coworkers, they were, they were ribbing on me every day about, you know, cause I'm doing all this stuff I didn't have to do, but I didn't know that that programming job was going to come open. Neither did they. Some of them wanted it, but they were doing the bare minimum. I'm doing all this extra and they just ribbed on me for doing all this extra, you know, telling me I was brown nosing or sucking up to the boss or whatever words they wanted to use. But, but they were pretty jealous when I got the job and they didn't down the road. But, mm. but that, that touches on what you said about the unforeseen opportunities, what I talk about. There's all types of unforeseen opportunity. You don't do it for that, but you need to be aware that there's opportunities that, you, that you're unaware of. You go do these things, they're going to pop up. You're going to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah. I think that's a great point to wrap up on because the next podcast um, episode that we'll be doing in this series is going to be talking about leading change. And so we'll kind of be building on what you're talking about there and um, digging into that a, a little bit more. All um, right, folks. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.